So this week is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And, and it's just going to be different this year, isn't it? I mean, it's just going to be, it, it's somehow harder this year. And it's not that, that Christians have a hard time giving thanks. I think every day is Thanksgiving for a Christian, isn't it? <clears throat> but this year is going to be harder as a holiday because there's going to be uh, family that, that doesn't travel. There's going to be, uh, well, I, I look forward every year to our, our huge feast that we have on this Sunday. And, and today we have to do it with packaged food. That is just different. And, and so it's somehow harder to do Thanksgiving this year, especially with everything that's going on in the world. I, I keep saying, eh, both with COVID and with uh, the political scene, every time we get used to the bad, it gets worse. And, and, and so it just, it, it's, it's hard to get in the holiday spirit. I'm not saying that it's hard to give thanks, because it's not. Every day for a Christian is Thanksgiving. We have so much to be thankful for. But, but it's hard to get in the holiday spirit. This year, it's just different. Now, we're going to be in Colossians today, Colossians chapter 3. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, it will be up here behind me. Um, because this, this passage that we're going to read tells us not only to be grateful or thankful, but it also talks about peace, about having peace Peace in our, in our hearts, peace ruling our hearts, actually. And so it, it's the, we see an interaction with peace and thankfulness, that if we have the peace of Christ ruling our hearts, we, we, we are thankful. It's easy to be grateful. And if we need the peace of Christ, then what we need to do is be thankful, because then we will be focused on the things that, that Christ has given us and done for us, and so we become peaceful that way. So the interaction of, of peace and thanksgiving or thankfulness are in these verses. So Colossians chapter 3, and we're just going to read verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of Christ, to which you were also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you, in all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So let's, uh, let's kind of work our way through this, the context first. The, uh, the context, the writer is Paul. Uh, Paul wrote this letter, but he didn't start this church. In fact, uh, the first part of uh, chapter 2, I think it is, we find out that Epaphras is the one who started this church. Epaphras was a cohort, a, a, a colleague, a friend of Paul, and he's the one that started this church. And so, uh, and, and they write this, this uh, he writes this letter, and there is, uh, among biblical scholars, there's what's, what's called the, the Colossian heresy. Now, the reason for that is they don't know what exactly Paul is writing about here. You know, in Galatians, it's easy to tell he's writing about Judaizers. He's writing about those who are, who are trying to tell Christians they have to be Jews first before they can become Christians. So that the whole letter set, uh, is settled on that. But in Colossians, there's so much. 
He, he addresses Gnosticism. He addresses asceticism. He addresses mysticism. He, he addresses philosophy. He addresses so much in this letter that, that, that the biblical scholars just call it the Colossian heresy because nobody knows exactly what it is that he's after here. Other than Coloss was a place, it, it, it's by Laodicea. You may remember Laodicea from Revelation. It's the place of the lukewarm Christian. And that's because the, the, in Laodicea, the water came down from the mountains in above-ground cisterns, and so the water was always lukewarm. And so you have the, the, that play on words in Revelation about the, the lukewarm Christian in the place where the lukewarm water is. And, and, in, and Colossus is not far from Laodicea. They're, they're close together. It's kind of southern Turkey for, uh, for where we're at today. Now, Colossus was a place of uh, earthquakes. Uh, so you see, if you read Colossians, you see a lot of, of references to firm foundation and, and, and having, having uh, a firm strength. All of those things are based upon the, the, the original readers of this letter lived in a place that shook all the time. So they, uh, they, they needed this firm foundation of Christ. Now, the... the uh, the, the book of Colossians, the letter of Colossians, if you will, um, kind of get, lays out a nice argument. Chapter 1 gives us Christ as the creator and sustainer of all things, of everything we know. Everything is by him, through, for him, and through him made, that is made, and in him it's held together. That's in, in chapter 1. Then in chapter 2, we have that the simplicity of faith in Christ and in fact, I think the key verse to all of Colossians is, is chapter 2, verse 6. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him. So the, 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 simple, the simple sum up the message of Colossians is don't be led astray. The simple faith you began with Christ, continue to live with Christ. Don't be led astray by a bunch of other stuff, philosophies or mysticism or Gnosticism or asceticism or all of these other isms. Just focus on, on, on your faith in Christ, simple faith in Christ. And then in chapter 3, we're given that we have new life in Christ. In fact, when I do a baptism, I quote from chapter 3, the idea of being buried with him in baptism and alive to new life in Christ is from chapter 3. And that's the immediate context here is living the life of simple faith in Christ. So what does this say about God? Well, it says that Christ gives us peace. Now, when I say the word peace, you probably think, you, you probably think the absence of conflict. You probably think the absence of, of war is peace. But that's thinking peace in a negative this states peace in a positive. It is a sense of well-being. It is a sense of harmony. It's a, it's, it's a sense of, of wholeness and completeness. It's, it's in the positive, not the negative. So don't think of peace in the sense <clears throat> of the absence of conflict. Peace like this, wholeness, wellness, uh, well-being, is something that you have regardless of what's going on around you. It, it doesn't have to do with the circumstances around you. 
It has to do with what's in you. Christ gives us peace. And it's ours already. I want you to note that it's ours already. Galatians 5, verse 22, says that peace is one of the, one of the fruit of the Spirit. And so, you don't cry out for the peace of Christ. You don't, you don't go searching for the peace of Christ. You have the peace of Christ. You have it within you. Now, sometimes we got to dig a bit because we, we get so confused by everything that's around us, we, we have to get a little deep, deeper in within ourselves to find it. But you already have it. If you are a Christian, if you know Christ, then you have this peace. You just have to live in it. It also says that Christ gives us harmony. Now, the, the word for, for peace also includes harmony. It kind of includes the idea of harmony. But, but verses 14 and 15 make it very clear. We, are, we have harmony in Christ. Now, think about even this little church here. Think about how many different backgrounds we have represented. Think about how many occupations we have represented here. There, there is no reason for us to be together. We, we share nothing in common except Christ. That's harmony. That's how the harmony works. In fact, uh, the verse 14 there, when it talks, about the, the, it, it talks about us bound together in unity, that is the idea of a link, of a chain. Christ is the link that, that puts us together. We, we have such different backgrounds, and we, we have such different um, religious backgrounds even, represented even in this small church, Yet we have harmony because of Christ. He links us together. And it also says the word of Christ dwells within us. Now, we automatically, again, think negatively here. We automatically think, well, I can't, I can't memorize verses. You know, my mind just doesn't work that way. Or I can remember the verses, but I can't remember the chapter and verse. I can't remember its address. I can't remember where I, where I read this, but I know it's in the Bible that's not what this is talking about. The word of Christ dwelling within us means we know the meaning. of a, We know what God desires for us. Do you need, absolutely need to know where chapter and verse it says that Christ died for you to give you eternal life? You don't need the chapter and verse. You need to know that. So it's not about so much memorizing verses, though I'm not against memorizing verses. But that's not what this is saying when it says that, that Christ's word dwells within us. It means the meanings, the concepts, the ideas. We know what God wants from us. And so, the word of Christ dwells within us. So what does this say about us? Well, it says we have peace in Christ. Now, I... I it doesn't feel like it lately, does it? It just doesn't feel like, the, like peace within us right now, but, but it is a gift of the Spirit. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is a gift of Christ that you have peace within you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruit of the Spirit. You already have this peace and this verse here, verse 15, the first part of it is an imperative. 
Now that means it's a command. And it says, let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. See, God knows that we're going to have a problem with peace. We're going to have a problem with seeing too much other stuff to, to, to really rely upon the peace that we have within us. There's just going to be too much noise for us to have peace within us. So, so he gives us a command, you've got peace, let it be what rules your heart. What controls your thoughts controls your life. Whatever it is that consumes your thoughts controls your life. If, it, if it's the peace of Christ, then your life will be ruled by the peace of Christ. And, and this peace, it also gives us harmony with one another. We, we love getting together and doing church. And it's because we have Christ linking us together. It's because of the harmony that's in this. Look at how he talks about the body of Christ. Let the peace of Christ to which you were also called in one body rule your hearts. Now, the church, the idea of the church is used different ways in Scripture. There is the church that is every Christian everywhere through history. That's the church. But there is also the local church. Look at the instructions he's giving here about, about how to speak to each other in, in, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, about how to admonish each other. He's talking about a local church here. He's talking about us, a local church. We have harmony within the local church because of Christ, because he has given us that harmony. And this also says we are called to the peace of Christ. Now, what does that mean? Well, is every Christian called to share the gospel? Yes, every single Christian. Jesus didn't, didn't say, well, you guys over here, pastors and Sunday school teachers, you guys share the gospel, everybody else is fine. He said everyone. In the Great Commission, we are called to share the gospel with everyone. This says we are called to peace. We are called to this peace. So we need to let it rule our hearts. We need to allow the peace of Christ to rule within us because it, it is a command for every Christian to let the peace of Christ rule your heart. And again, it also says that the, the word of Christ dwells within us and, and this is also a command. And so it's not about memorizing chapter and verse. It is about knowing what God says. You do have to read this. Or listen to it. Or watch videos on it. Or however you intake scripture. You do need to do that so that you know what God has to say. Then the word of Christ can dwell within you. Do you need to quote chapter and verse to see someone that needs help and help them? No. You know what Christ has to say about helping someone, so you help. It's not about memorizing a verse. It's about allowing the concepts of, and the meanings of the Word of God to dwell within you and to be lived out. So what must 
we do. We must let the peace of Christ rule our hearts. It's really easy, especially in our times today, it's really easy to focus on everything else. There is, uh, we, have, we have a 24-hour news cycle, and, and we even have the Internet that runs, I think, more than 24 hours a day. I'm not exactly sure how, that, how the math works. But it's, we can so easily get distracted. We must let the peace of Christ rule our hearts. I'll, I'll say again, what consumes your thoughts controls your life. Let it be the peace of Christ in your heart. And we must be thankful. Look at how many times it's, we read three verses and it tells us to be thankful three times in three verses. Do you think there's a, he's trying to make a point? <laughs> Do you think he's trying to emphasize something here? There is a connection, first of all, with the peace of Christ and being thankful. As I said earlier, when you have the peace of Christ ruling your heart, then it's easy to be thankful. It flows from a heart that is at peace. But if you are seeking the peace of Christ, if, you, if you're just too caught up in what's going on, then if you start being thankful, if you start thinking about the things that Christ has done for you, has given you, has provided for you, has protected you from, then you become peaceful. So thanksgiving and peace are inter interrelated. One leads to the other. We must be thankful. So let's look at verse 15, phrase by phrase. And let the peace of Christ, as I said earlier, this is an imperative. It's a command. And because, because it's the first command in this passage, it, it is the ruler of all of the commands in this passage. This is the primary goal. This passage is about the peace of God, the peace of Christ ruling your heart. It, is, it talks about being thankful. It talks about being together, having harmony with one another. But all of that is, is subservient to the initial idea, the initial imperative of letting the peace of Christ rule your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule your heart. And then the next phrase, to which you were also called in one body. I'll say again, this, the instruction given here only makes sense in, the, in, in a local church. He's not talking about the church worldwide through history. He's talking about a church. The true Christian church, the biblical Christian church, will have this harmony in Christ if the people let the peace of Christ rule their hearts. Rule your hearts is the next phrase. What consumes your heart controls your life. What consumes your thoughts controls your life. If it is the peace of Christ, then you will feel this peace regardless of the circumstances around you. Peace, the peace that, that Christ gives us, the fruit of the Spirit, the gift of Christ, peace, is, is not dependent upon the circumstances around you. It is dependent upon your relationship with Christ and nothing less and nothing more. 
and be thankful. Even today, even in, <clears throat> in the times that we live in today, we can be thankful. How much has Christ done for us? Even, uh, even in the last couple of months, through the pandemic, through the election, through the political uh, scheme, <laughs> through, through all that we've gone through this year, how much has Christ still done for you? It's so easy to, 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 to lose sight and not let the peace of Christ rule your heart, not, not focus on what Christ has done for you. And, and if you're having a hard time with peace, if you're having a hard time with worry and anxiety and, and fear and, and, and just getting caught up in all of the stuff that's going on, then be thankful. Let it lead you to the peace ruling your heart. Do you need the peace of Christ this morning? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. If you know Christ this morning, then I'm going to ask that you spend this time right here thinking of two things, two, that you are thankful for. Two things that you know Christ has, has delivered to you. Maybe, if, maybe you need to take a step of faith toward Christ. Maybe you need the peace of Christ for the first time. It's as simple as a prayer. All we have to do is first acknowledge that we have sin in our life. God, I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus came not to die for sin, to die for me. He didn't die so that sin could go to heaven. He died so I could to pay the price for my sin. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask for this peace, the peace ruling my heart that these verses speak of. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, let somebody know. Proclaim the peace of Christ to somebody. Did you think, that those that know Christ, did you think of two things that Christ has done for you? Father, we thank you for these verses. We thank you for the reminder that you've given us peace. We need to live it out. And we need to be thankful, Father, so that we have peace. And we need to have peace so that we're thankful. We we see how these interact. So keep us, especially this week. Let the peace of Christ rule our hearts and let us be thankful for all that you have done for us. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.